The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmayne and BlackBerry. Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjoe Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. Uh, to learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And our topic for today is leadership for you. And our guest for today is uh, Jim Smith, who is the Chief Information Officer with the Office of Information Technology, State of Maine. Hi, Jim. How are you? Uh, Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you. Very good. So this topic is is uh, it's been put out there, and we wanted to discuss is this because we have spoken about leadership. That what does it take, and and what you can do, which kind of assumes that everyone has a leader in them. And or because even if they pursue the path of leadership, that's because uh, they feel that they have it. But there are many people, as we have seen over time, while they have been rising up the ranks, but they have been debating that where did I land myself? So the goal here is to see whether everyone is a leader and we can develop and nurture someone or we should have some uh, some uh, what I call as a framework or some questions that we can ask ourselves and save ourselves the trouble and the pressure and the insanity that goes with it when you go to the top and and be someone who enjoys what they do because leadership if you don't enjoy it then it's going to be a painful journey so that said what do you think uh, is is the path to it? So when, of course, you know, not you in particular, but when you started your journey, I mean, you may have started through, uh, you know, technology side or the business side, but did you think that okay, I'm going to work towards becoming a leader, and be at the top, and that's how you planned it? Is that is that how typically it works? Yeah, you know, it's such a fascinating topic, and it's it's. It's so timely as we think about all the opportunities and challenges out there. For me personally, it wasn't that it wasn't that type of journey. It was, you know, sort of a journey of discovery where I, you know, after college, you're sort of saying, okay, now what's next? And you know, having a love of technology, I was in, involved in technology. But really, when I came out of college, I'm an older gentleman. When I came out, really, you know, computer science graduates were really that was really just starting. Man, I was an English major, so it's really just starting in that at that time that people started to think about a concentration on, on technology, right? We really didn't have that before. So, you know, I was very, very lucky to happen to, to get into this field, and I can't imagine having done anything else but to sit at the time and say, well, you know, when I first walked into the job, you know, as a old cobalt 
programming back in, you know, 1980 to think that, you know, one day it aspired to be a CIO or other type of leader. That just, that just wasn't there. It wasn't happening that way. And part of it, I think, was the, you know, the industry wasn't as well known. It's much more well known today, both, you know, on the entrepreneurial side and the organizational side. The pathways are much, much more well known. But for me, it was really, you know, I won't say an accident, but it wasn't a destination when I started out. So when you while you did not start out, but at some point, so so the the reason I bring this up yet again is the kind of mindset and the behavior and the attributes and everything that you need in a leader. It looks too much of uh, uh, it is actually a deli- It looks like it has to be a deliberate attempt to go that direction versus somebody being so blessed that all of that happens to them and they just happen to become a leader. Yeah, you know, when I think about this, I think about really, you know, I, I, t- I guess I take a step back and I think about really what is the definition of leadership? You know, why would someone want to be a leader? Is it, you know, they want to be on point, they want to be visible in a time of crisis, they want to, you know, maybe they want to influence events or they have a vision, they want to, you know, leave a different world than what they found, you know, or, or do they want to be a teacher? Do they want to help others? Do they want to, you know, help others in their career? And I think at some point as you evolve towards leadership and stuff, I think you have to sort of sit down and ask yourselves, why do I want to do this? What, what am I bringing to the table? What can I contribute that, that, that would help an organization or help me? You know, I think once you decide that, you know, you decide the pathway, then you can work towards it. But I think if you don't have that, that goal and that, direction i think it's it's more difficult you know once you set that up then you say well do i have the right ad- attributes and what can i bring to the table you know i think it's often and part of our conversation today i think it's a mix of environment and attributes you know as i said when i started a cobalt program in 1980 i couldn't envision the possibilities but you know the world changed opportunities changed and you know i think i changed and matured with it you know my vision and aspirations changed you know, I was thinking that the other day my wife was telling me this story about, she teaches second grade. She told me about a story she's been encouraging uh, a, a student with a, sort of a difficult home life, second grader. And, uh, you know, she knows he's going to need some help along the way. So, you know, she set him up for some uh, recognition or they got a, a, a certain thing for him, got him a prize. And, and, you know, my wife told him, she said, you know, this is really because of your capabilities and, and you're a leader. And, you know, she said he was so proud. And, you know, that day on the playground, she could tell he was being a leader. He reached out to other children and stuff in a leadership position. And so you sort of think, you know, that's a combination of both environment and attributes, right? He had to have the capability of doing that, but she had to help set the environment so he could grow into that type of leadership. So do we do we have to get lucky? Because one, of course, is to have the attributes, which could be nature or nurture. But if to have an environment, do we have to take charge for that environment to be conducive so somebody's out there motivating me? Because there are a lot of people who otherwise are great or could be greater, but they are like diamonds in the dust. Well, I think it's a, you know, it's a combination, but I think you definitely have to, you have to, reach a little harder. I think you have to be known, you know, if you look, take the technology world, you have to be known as someone's a problem solver or someone that's going to go out and investigate and find things. I mean, 
we had a, when I was another organization, we had a huge project going on, a couple hundred people, and we had a very junior person come in and join the team. And, and you know, after a while, everyone realized this person was volunteering for everyone, everything. You know, something would happen, and she'd say, well, I don't know that, but I'll figure it out. You know, and so after a while, people got to depend on her, and she got you know, a lot of pro- richly deserved promotions and became a leader. But if I look back at that and I say, she brought that to the table. The environment was there because it was a big, high-visibility project with a lot of senior people involved. But then she brought something to the table that says, you know, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to help the organization. I'm going to bring my attributes to the table. So I think a lot of these we look at and say, it's it's a combination. I You know, I don't think you get leadership thrust upon you. I don't think that works. But I think you have to bring something to the table and help to move within whatever whatever environment you're in. So one show we did in particular, which was how to deal with lynchpins, people who get the job done, who will always be raising their hands to get things done. But there was a very distinct uh, difference between a lynchpin, someone who, as you mentioned, volunteers and, and tries to take initiatives, than someone who's truly a leader with someone else would follow. You need both, but that one doesn't mean the other. So what would you say would be a differentiator for a leader who is who could have started as a linchpin or perhaps not? Well, I think the leader has a lot of those. You know, we always talk in the industry about soft skills, but I, I think a leader has that. I think it, it starts with vision, right? So what's the difference between a person that might execute something that, you know, someone else has outlined and then someone who has that vision? You know, someone with that vision, you know, that idea of lifelong learning, that idea of, of research, of understanding the industry, of understanding where issues are, they bring more to the table, I think, than the execution part. I mean, you need both, right? You obviously have to execute. You have to, you have to set a plan. You have to find your resources. You have to be able to, to go to that end goal. But I think the difference is that someone's a leader. They're going to understand their strengths and their weaknesses. They're going to surround themselves with people that will help where they need help, where they know in their own approach they may be, a, you know, not have the background on finance or some other thing. They're going to surround themselves with the right people. But they're going to have that vision. They're going to say, this is a journey, and this is where we're going, I think. So in any organization, what you just mentioned, you could have people with those attributes. I'm assuming in your organization or anyone else who may be listening. But not everyone is that they would follow. And I'm not saying that leader is a leader when somebody somebody's following them. So what... what how do you uniquely pick someone to be at the at the peak or at the, at the top of an organization or maybe at, at a place where you want someone to lead? Leader means they are supposed to lead you in a given direction. What's the differentiator between that person who someone follows and or, you know, uh, yeah, essentially follow? Well, I think it goes back to attributes, right? If you have a group of people, who's the communicator in that group? Who's the one that can deal with multiple multiple groups within a group and and get them to move forward? It's sort of like that, uh, you know, the t- I talked about before. The, my wife with a kid on the playground all of a sudden becoming a leader because she said to him, "Well, you're a leader. You can influence this group," and that's what he went and did. And I think we look for attributes. You know, communicate. We have you know, do a project today. A technical project today requires so many different groups, from networking group to application group to project managers to analysts to, to QA. You know, there's a lot of different players in in getting things done today. So who can communicate? Who has that vision? 
of where you're going, and who can communicate and bring people along and bring people along with that vision. And, and I think that's what you look for is you look at an organization. My organization is about, about 500 people, and obviously they're tremendously different skill sets and technical knowledge and, and, and the way people think about processing and, and think how to get things done. A lot of those different things come to the table, but the constant, I think, and I think the industry is going there, that constant is about the soft skills. The change is the technology continuously changing, but the soft skills about communication, being a lifelong learner, um, understanding how to work in teams, those type of things, those seem to be constant across whatever technology or whatever end game you're trying to get to. One of the companies I was at, we did a, you know, we did a study. We said, well, you know, we get X number of people that just come in and they, they just rise to the top. They're, they become leaders. They just... They move ahead in an organization. We asked ourselves, why is that? You know, we looked at some of our new hires and say, why is this person all of a sudden in charge of 10 things and somebody else may not be? And as we looked at it, we really honed in more and more on those soft skills. And we said, that's what these people are bringing to the table that might differentiate them. You know, lifelong learner. How many people are actually out there researching their industry, thinking about new solutions, those type of things? We came up with a list of sort of 10 soft skills that we sort of said, People that get this really seem to do well. I mean, one of the ones that sort of I thought was interesting was being able to deal with ambiguity. Now, you wouldn't think of that necessarily in a leadership skill, but then when you stop and really think about it, you say, well, leaders have to make decisions, and leaders have to make decisions without all the information. You might have 80% of what you need to know, and you still have to make a decision. So we looked more and more and said, why are certain people becoming leaders in an organization given that everyone sort of starts in the same place and we more and more honed in on those those softer skills, not necessarily a technical leadership. You need technical skills. You need to understand how things work, but those can be learned. Some of those softer skills seem to be more attributes that people have. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And uh, Jim, what uh, would a child that child would have done if, uh, your wife or someone else who could potentially motivate that person to be a leader was not around because you could maybe motivate or trigger a certain behavior, but not necessarily change a mindset for life. What does it take for a leader or wh- how do we get a spark at a level which hits your mindset versus a temporary behavior? Please stay tuned listeners. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. 
Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So this is about the child, uh, the story that you mentioned, uh, shared, Jim, about this, your wife motivating this kid. And as a result, uh, the kid really had uh, a great time and he led everyone and uh, on the playground. Now, what if there was no one available the next time around when this child went to the playground and there was no one reminding him about he can be a leader? And, and the reason I bring this up is because that's what happens in real life. Motivation has a shelf life. Not every time you have people around, whether you've not become a leader or you are a leader, not every time there is a support system available. What do you do then? Well, I think I think that's a great question, and uh, you know the the word you mentioned before the break there was about the was spark, and I think that's that's a tremendous word. You know, in that particular situation, you know, my wife saw a situation; she was able to add that spark in, and the and the the child who ha- had to have those innate capabilities anyway, and I think that was something she saw in him. She just needed to give him the opportunity. In that situation, it worked out. But you're exactly right. If she hadn't given him that opportunity, if the day had gone on like any other day. What would have happened? He wouldn't have had that chance. And I think there's, you know, there's different types of leaders. And I think some people sort of need to be given that encouragement and nurture, and they need the right mentor, or whether it's a teacher or someone they work with professionally. And then you know, you look at the other side of the aisle. You look at something maybe like uh, Steve Jobs at, at Apple, and you say, well, you know, he had a vision, and he was going to stick with that vision, and he was going to going to move ahead to that vision all the way to costing himself his company and his job for a while and certainly the board of directors had a different vision but you know you look at somebody like that and you say well did some point in his life did he need this type of opportunity or was there something innately in him that said i i know where we need to go and i'm going to continue to go there no matter what so i'm not sure the answer on that but i think maybe it's both types of leadership and see, one of the reasons uh, we are doing this topic is because, for example, in your team, uh, Jim, you may have people who are great, and without their contribution, you may not be able to bring your initiatives or your department to the level that it is today or maintain it. But they may not have the leadership attributes or the traits, and they have not exactly accepted or compromised, but they have found their sweet spot, and it's okay. But isn't it better for not everyone to be aspiring to become that person who is a great orator or has those great uh, emotional intelligence and the vision? Because not everybody can have a vision. And then assess what they should be doing. So that brings me to my next question that what does a leadership assessment, self-assessment looks like so that if you and I or anyone else in any position does it, they'd at least reveal if they should approach a leadership 
track professionally. They can be leader in their personal lives. Of course, always all someone can strive to be. But if you're not, you don't have to feel that you're doomed. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, it's sort of a two-part question for me. And part of it is, you know, my responsibility is to look at my team and my leaders and understand where, where do they really excel and where would someone else excel? Someone might be, you know, you mentioned a great orator. Somebody might be able to get in front of a group and just inspire that group and say, yes, we're going to follow you. And some may not be comfortable in that type of situation, but they can still be a leader. I mean, some people lead through examples. Some people lead through building great teams. You know, there are multiple ways being, you know, great with customer service. There are multiple ways to lead. And I think, you know, from my position or anybody in my position, we have to understand when you're building a team, you know, you get to, you know, heterogeneous team or not and those kind of discussions and stuff. And you say, what do I need in my team and how, who are the people that are going to help me with that team? And both, you know, that old, uh, you know, thought process about, you know, people that, you know, share your vision or people that will confront you. Well, you need both. You need to have that yin and yang sort of thing. But I think on the self-assessment side, you know, I think that's really the first step as you start to think of yourself and your career and your leadership. But I think it goes back to sort of that first question we started. At, you know, what is the motivation to, excuse me, aspire to leadership? Is it, you know, you have a vision, you want to be a teacher, you want to change the world? I think it starts with that goal and then a self-assessment against that goal. At one company where I worked, we used a, a self-assessment tool, a book. I think it was called Know Your Strengths or Recognize Your Strengths. Or something. I don't remember exactly. But, you know, it was a question and survey thing. But what was interesting was it really concentrated on what the person does well. You know, what in your forefront comes comes into the leadership and crisis situations? You know, the idea being you should really hone and improve that aspect rather than maybe dwell on things that may be secondary that, you know, if you're not a great financial person, if you're not a great person with numbers, you, you may know that, but you're probably never going to be that great financial person, but you may bring other things to the table. So, you know, if you think about what are your leadership's goal, your goals and what attributes, what strengths do you have that can help towards towards that objective? I think that's that's the idea of self-assessment that you say, yeah, I want to be a leader. And you may not call it a leader. You may call it something else. You may say, I want to help us do X. And that in turn becomes leadership, right? You may say that. And then you say, well, what is it about, what is it that I can bring to the table that's going to help us get to that point? And that's really that self-assessment piece. So the functional capabilities, like you mentioned, somebody being good in finance or whatever. But then you're saying that even though that person may identify professional skills or competency they need to develop, or that's the one which they really love doing, whenever they are doing it, they are in that zone. That's great. But then if they connect that to something which is of a higher purpose of sorts, to say, I want to help this organization or this world change for the better in a certain way. In a way, they are demonstrating that leadership trait. And even though they may not have the title, they will be a leader in their own right. Yeah. Um, can you say that a different way? Ask that question a different way. So, so the thing is, we what you mentioned about someone becoming a finance person, yeah, that's a functional skill, right? Someone learning a specific skill or a specific discipline. That's got nothing to do with truly becoming a leader. But the only time when they become a leader, are you saying that when we connect it to a bigger purpose of some sort, that, okay, this is what I'm, what I'm going to change in the world as a result of my contribution? If their focus becomes that, is that's when yeah. they, you will say they are on their path to become a leader? 
I, I think that's exactly right. I think that's part of, you know, what can I do to make the world a different place or make my organization a different place or, or have, a, have a bigger purpose. And, you know, I'm on a board of directors for uh, Maine Robotics up here, and uh, we were having a board of directors meeting last night. And, you know, this started, one gentleman had a vision 10 years back. I can't remember how many years back. But, you know, the, he's touched over 80,000 students now, bringing him to the robotics things. And, and his idea was really... You know, he sort of looked, he was a computer science professor, and he sort of looked and said, you know, not enough students are getting exposed to this. How can we, how can we get students more exposed? When people might know about these uh, Lego leagues and robotics. It's really what's fascinating is not just kids building Legos, but it's, it's really STEM work, right? It's team, teamwork, it's the technical side, it's the programming side. I mean, it's so fascinating to go into a, a group of third grade, grade students and hear them talking about, you know, if-then logic and cursive loops and all this kind of stuff, but this is the stuff they pick up. But this gentleman, he said, I don't think he started out to say, I want to I want to be a leader here. I think he started out to say, you know, there's a need here, and I can help. I can help these students learn. I mean, if I look at something like, uh, you know, state government, my you know, my state or any other state, you know, you say, what are the challenges here? Well, you know, it's older technology, it's older processes, they're all, you know, paper-bound, they're manual processes, those type of things we've got to say. And you need somebody with that vision to say, I'm going to look across the spectrum, I'm going to look across the enterprise and solve this problem. Not, not necessarily in a silo, but how can I do it across the enterprise? And I think if you look at leadership, those are the type of people you say, okay, they have an idea, they have a vision, what's the pathway to get there? When you look at CIO, so let's bring the conversation back to the, the majority of our audience, which is the C-suite and or technology leaders. Many of us, uh, at least I've seen over time, have, of course, always been saying, okay, we are here to serve the business, which is appropriate. But then we have also seen them saying, okay, the business is not doing it right way, but we have to support them. But is that the right trait of a leader because the leader, typically a good leader or someone who who can claim to be a leader would actually challenge the status quo or someone going in the right direction, even if it means risking their own position as a title, essentially. But then we don't see that fearlessness getting developed at a later stage. Those people have that DNA and that's why perhaps it gets them there. At what point does someone start developing that mindset that you have to do the right things and you have to fight your way through if there is a problem or in the environment? Yeah, and I think part of it goes back to your previous question about self-assessment. You know, who are you and, and, you know, fighting that fight or moving along a journey, how far do you take that? Where does your vision take you? And, And I think part of that is just, you know, you have the vision, then you communicate your vision. But I think, you know, part of that is you must also listen, you know, because your vision may not prove to be the right one. You know, um, I think sometimes, you know, as I said, I was a mainframe programmer a million years ago, and I think back to the example of uh, of uh, when PCs started to come into the technical environment. If your audience is old enough to remember that, the one group that fought against PCs coming into the environment was the IT group. Right? They were the ones that didn't want PCs in the organization, on the network. You know, we sort of thought they were just a, a, um, a toy. You know, we didn't realize they were amount to anything. So I think you got to realize that 
you got to have that vision, but you got to be you got to be able to be flexible. You got to be able to think and, and and understand the vision you come out with today may not be where you end up tomorrow. I mean, you know, when I started in the industry, we'd certainly make five and ten year IT plans. Well, those don't last anymore, right? Nobody does a five year plan anymore, do they? Because the technology and everything changes so fast that it's not not able to you know you're not able to stay to that direction. You have to be flexible. So. I think what you do is you got to you know you got to create your path, communicate it, and it may not happen overnight, but you got to keep thinking about that. You know, I mentioned before, you know, Steve Jobs who had a vision of what Apple could be, and a vision his board of directors had a different version. I mean, that's very radical. I mean, he gave up his job, he gave up his company. Well, we got where he wanted to go at the end, but for a CIO in a Fortune 500 or a government or something like that, how far do you take that, or do you sort of keep? Keep moving on that pathway. I mean, I think about. Uh, but see, you, you have know, to do it though. What you're ahead. saying is essentially one way or the other. Uh, the, your, your 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 response to this question says to some extent that at some point you have to give up. Is that what you're saying, or no, you fight your way through? Because otherwise, the leader yeah. doesn't remain a leader. Yeah. No, I don't think give up is the right word. I think it's you know how radical is your reaction. You know, I th- I think about. Uh, as you want to move an organization, you may not get there tomorrow, but you've got to keep that communication going. You know, at some point, if it's the right idea, you're going to get people on board, right? And think about something like a practical example today would be, think about project management. Think about waterfall versus agile, right? So obviously organizations are moving to agile, but, you know, it's a journey to get there. And when people started it, you know, X number of years ago, sort of the first group you had to convince was the project managers. Somebody had been doing something as Waterfall for 20 years, and you said, well, wait a minute, there may be a different way to do this, and it's radical, it's a cultural change, but you know, you, the first thing you had to do in an organization was to get that group to be your champions, and I think that's part of the journey. Get people on, get people to share your vision, and get them to start communicating, and then they become the communicators, and they help convince you know, an organization where you need to go. I mean, the journey takes, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't know if the word is stubbornness, but I guess it takes the strength of conviction, which is kind of funny because I said, you know, you've got to be flexible to realize that, you know, this will modify and this will change along the way, but you've got to have, I think, that strength of conviction to get there. You're saying persistence, if you feel something is right, you stick to the, job, to the, to the calling or stick to whatever you're after. Exactly. Okay, so now, now when you when you say that, and let's go back to your question or, or the response related to the vision. You say the person needs to have vision, but then that vision would not just come by you somewhere sitting, um, you know, outside of the beach, and something will pop up. It has to be, uh, you know, there should be contribution in terms of the number of years of experience that you've learned about the industry, or you've been, as you said, a lifelong learner, so that you can do the blue sky type of a thinking where does that get developed so if you if you are thinking of a vision as a leader in your organization or anyone else is this by first paying the dues working in the trenches get the understanding and if you if you say yes to it then there are many others who are doing it but some people are able to develop our vision others don't yeah and i think uh you know, I have to speak to my own experience was sort of in the trenches coming up versus, you know, someone that might be an entrepreneur and, and think of a different way to do things. You know, uh, you know, how do you think of a Google or a Facebook or something like that that says that's coming in and doing a need that we didn't know we had. And so that 
you know, that is not in the trenches. That's someone coming up more, a little bit more where you said on the blue sky idea. You know, my particular experience was coming up through, through the trenches and learning. And, you know, you have great mentors, so you watch them. You watch how people do things. And, and that constant learning, that lifelong learning where you say, how have other people succeeded in this? How are other people learning from this? What are lessons I can learn? How, what can I take from the industry? One of the fun things about the technology industry, of course, I'm a state government, so we, we all work together. The 50 states share a lot of information and stuff. But even when I was in private industry, you find people really love to talk and they love to think of the best way to do things and they love to share ideas. Even though you may be in competition with someone, you're really sharing ideas, whether it's about, you know, where's the workforce going or technology or any of those things. You know, people get together and share ideas. And so what can you take from that? How can you, how can you develop your own vision out of that? I mean, we talk a lot here about leadership and how people become a leader. I think without a, without a vision, you're probably not a leader. I think you're probably someone who executes, and we need people that can execute. And people can be a leader in, in that they're running a group, uh, doing a certain thing, uh, excuse me, be an executor, doing a certain thing, but they may not be a leader. I really can't. I can't break away from the vision part with the leadership. I think you have to have a direction you're going. You have to have a, a pathway. You have to have, where am I going with this? And then have the ability to execute. Either you yourself or you surround yourself with the right team. So I think, you know, going back to your original question, from my personal experience, it was in the trenches. It was seeing other people. But, you know, you go beyond that and say, how do I want to think about this? How do I solve this problem? How do I move the organization in a different direction? In a world where we know the technology is just changing so rapidly that it can't be a technology play, right? We can't, it's not just picking the technology. It's picking, it's picking the direction. It's building up that culture. It's building up the organization for change. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about the uh, difference between a manager and a leader, where a manager does things right, but the leader does right things. And the question that comes up here over and over is, isn't the right things just intuitive and following, or, or it's about values that we have? And if that's the case, then do, are we saying that a manager or a director or someone who is not a leader yet is it doesn't have the intuition or doesn't have values and because of which they're not a leader. Let's talk more. When we come back, please stay tuned. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. 
Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, the big question is, uh, Jim, in many cases, um, People say, yeah, we are a leader, but then there's a core definition of manager doing their things right, means as per what's expected, and leaders do the right things. So the, 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 the morphing from a director or a manager, are we saying the people who did not have intuition and, and to do the right things, is that to be developed? Or they did not have the values that no matter what, you'll do the right things. That has to be practiced and suddenly someone who was otherwise just a manager or director, not in terms of title, but in terms of how they approach things. They, 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 are, uh, they create opportunities for themselves to become a leader. Yeah, I think that... Um you know, maybe the, maybe it's a, a finite definition of leadership. You know, we talked a little bit before about someone might be a leader in a very technical area and be a, you know a great leader in that area, but may, may not be a may not have the vision to lead an, a whole organization. To you know, you think about leadership. What is leadership? It's not only just leading in in, in good times and keeping the status quo. It's really about when I think of leadership, I, I think about change, right? It's about evolving an organization in a different direction. You know, I think it goes back to uh, sort of that general theme today, a combination of vision and experience. You know, I was thinking, you know, in our state, we elect a new governor every four years. Some states do it every two years. We're four years. And if you think about that, sometimes voters want to continue on a current path, you know, or sometimes they want a whole new direction. You know, so, is an inc- so if you have an incumbent governor, are they more effective because they already know the process? Or is a new governor, a new person, probably more effective because they might look at things in a different way? But it takes some time to learn the process, so there's that trade-off. But, you know, I think about leadership. I don't think most citizens want a caretaker for their leader. They want someone who can execute on a vision, you know, somewhere with an eye on that end result. They, they probably want a leader as opposed to a manager, at least in the terms we're talking about. That, that leader is about vision and about change, I think. You know, a manager is more about someone has set that path and they need to execute on that. But how do they, how do, they do that execution? And whether someone can... You know, learn that or not, I think people can. I think people in the right environment, if they have the right attributes, can learn to be a leader. But at some point, they've got to, you know, I think they, there's a, whether it's an aha moment or a eureka moment or whatever, I think at some point they think, well, wait a minute, I have another way we can think about this or do this, and I'm going to start to champion that. And maybe it's subtle, and maybe people don't even realize when it's happening, but I think there are some people that say, that, you know, really not satisfied with the status quo and say, I want to think about things a different way. I want to do things a different way, and I'm going to propose and communicate that. So coming to what you look at as a leader, and you just mentioned about execution, right? So so when you when you look at a leader who would be 
taking on a big project and and they will not just deliver it as you expected they would in fact always strive or in fact deliver much more value than you otherwise expected and then you they would uh, surprise in the way how did they develop the people who worked alongside that leader as part of delivering that results and that to also exceeding expectations on all counts how does one develop that edge is that something you work harder well i think part of that goes back to the attributes and then part of it goes back to someone aggressively and aggressively sounds pejorative i don't mean it that way but someone someone energetically pursuing something I think, you know the best conversations i think i have is someone someone from my staff will walk into my office and say, say, I was thinking about something and I think I might have a different approach. I mean, that's really what you want. You want people thinking about these things. You want people sort of going it over in their heads and saying, well, we've always sort of done it this way. Is that the right way? Is there another way we should think about this? Is there sort of a, a breakthrough idea? And I think that, uh, yeah, developing that edge, I think there are some skills that you've got to, you got to hone, right? You've got to, you know, we talk about soft skills. We all have to learn to be better listeners. I think that's a skill set any of us can probably learn, right? You know, just are we are we really listening? Are we just sort of moving ahead and trying to get through a conversation to get to an end goal? I mean, there is a difference, you know, that lead, that ability to listen, listen to you know whether it's your team or whether it's your customers or whoever. That ability to listen, and I think you know, and then obviously develop your vision. I think some of the things you can do, like you know, you network, professional groups. Where's the industry going? You gotta, you know, you got if you do your, if you do, and I know, you know, we'll talk a little bit about what it takes to be a leader. But I think probably if you're, if you're thinking about your job between you know eight and five or nine to five, that's probably not enough to be a leader. I think you've got to be thinking about this much more than that, and you've got to be doing things that are going to move an organization forward and move you forward much more than the nine-to-five thought process. So a lot of that's network, professional groups. And I think you have to have some ability to really do some analysis. I think you have to look at your environment, your organization, you know, what's working, what isn't. And these are the type of attributes you think about. You know, how can I improve things? I mentioned before, for you know, we're a typical state, too much paper, too many manual processes, those type of things. You know, how can somebody look at that issue across the enterprise? You know, I think a manager would look at that issue in a silo and say, well, I'm going to do this. A leader would look at that issue across the enterprise and say, wait a minute, in 15 places we're doing the same thing. And if we do this one solution, it'll solve it in 15 places as opposed to one. So if you, if you, the way, the way you explained is the person has to work harder. But does the person have some common thread across all of their activities so that they develop that edge, because, which is the end result, right? So what you're finding is this person, whosoever is a leader, is showing a consistent output, which is not just tangible in terms of, okay, the result of a project, but the people who worked with that individual also grew personally and professionally. And this person delivers all along. So I know personally, many, many, many people in different, like as entrepreneurs or individuals, I'm sure you know too, who are turning blue, trying to go and spending time to build a network, to, to go to training, et cetera, et cetera. 
but they're struggling to be able to either get an opportunity or be seen as someone worthy of an opportunity to do those big projects. Or if they do, they deliver less than stellar results and people are burnt out versus growing as part of the projects that they're trying to deliver. So what's the difference between those people who are equally working hard and someone who delivers the results that we discussed just now as a leader? Well, I think it, uh, you know, it certainly is a balancing act, as you've sort of suggested. And, you know, you have to have that opportunity. But, you know, it's probably difficult to look at any organization and not realize there's tremendous opportunities for improvement. And I think if you have the right attributes, if you have the right vision, you can help move an organization. And we talked before about the difference between somebody like an entrepreneur teaching teaching the world that all of a sudden we need to you know search on the World Wide Web. We didn't know that until somebody taught us that, right? We didn't understand we needed to do that. We didn't understand we needed things like you know Facebook and things like that until somebody went out there and put it that way. Now, if you look at my organization, an organization like mine, that's a little different. It's not those kind of entrepreneurial breakthroughs. But it's organizational and structural breakthroughs that may not be as visible to the world at large, but can have a big impact. And I think a couple of things you've hit upon, you know, that teamwork and, you know, you think about the entrepreneurial putting, you know, 100 entrepreneurial putting all these hours in every week and just having that vision, you know, you sort of think of Thomas Edison in the lab, even though we know now it wasn't him necessarily, he would build big teams and he would put his teams on a project and they would methodically go after things and they they had a systematic approach and now you you know more than the eureka moment they had an approach and you start to say well there are things like that that we can replicate you know building strong teams no one's going to do this by themselves they've got to build those teams they've got to communicate they've got to get those teams to be enthusiastic about where they're going and i think whether it's you're in a large organization or you're an entrepreneur I think there's a lot of hard work involved, but I think there are certain repeatable skill sets and certain things that if we we think about, we think about communication, 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 how do we get that? How do you say, say you're rolling out something new, say you're rolling out Office 365 or something to, you know, multiple thousands upon thousands of users. How do you do that? How do you communicate that? And how do you build the excitement to say to somebody, culturally, I'm going to change what you're doing. I'm going to change your day, your workflow and everything. But you know what? I'm going to get you to a different place, but how do I build that excitement? Let's take a quick break, listeners, and we'll be right back. And in this final segment, we want to talk about the price that one has to pay or should pay to get to the top professionally. And and when we're talking leadership, of course, in the context of being a CIO or any other top-level executive, they definitely end up doing something beyond the ordinary, as uh, Jim, you mentioned, going beyond the nine to five. So there is some price being paid by someone. How do we make sure that as we go through this journey, uh, we don't get too success crazy while still enjoy the, the, the perks of being a leader? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. 
Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So let's talk about the price one should be ready to pay personally to be at the top professionally. So, Jim... Is it is it given? I'm sure you've had your journey, I've had mine, and many of the listeners has, are having or had theirs. Do you think to become a leader, you always will have to have some sacrifice on personal front? You know, that's such a great question. Uh, you know, if you think about companies today, you know, there's a lot of conversation. I think companies do work hard to find a, you know, work-life balance, but, um you know, as I sit here and think about this question, you might think it's in, in our position, it's actually getting worse. I mean, for me personally, there's never a time when I'm not connected. And, you know, as a leader, as a manager of people, I think, you know, if I think of something and send an email at 11 p.m., then I'm probably subconscious or, or not consciously setting an expectation with my employees that I, I uh, need a response, you know. And so, you know, am I all of a sudden saying to employees, I expect you to be online all the time? I'm not, but by doing those type of actions, I'm probably setting that expectation for them thinking, oh, he just sent me something. He had a question. You know, I'm really sending it because I'm, you know, I might think of something at 11 o'clock at night that I want to answer the next day, but me sending that out at night, you know, sets that expectation. So I, I don't see, you know, I, I think we talk about work-life balance, and I think companies try to think about that, but I don't really see that. I don't think it's changed as much. You know, I don't think that's changed that much. My son uh, my son is a professional, works for a company in China, works for Alibaba in China, and I see the hours he does. He does the same type of hours I do, which are a lot, putting a lot of long hours in. And, and as I said, you know, maybe when I started my career, you know, you started your career that day when they handed you the beeper, you know, and the beeper would go off, you'd have to find a phone, but you weren't, you weren't, you were, you were connected, but you weren't involved in conversation seven by 24. So if there was an issue, someone, the beeper would go off and you'd talk to someone, but now it's the emails just 
they don't stop. And so, you know, you go on vacation, do you say, well, I'm not going to look at emails, or are you going to say, well, I am, because if I don't, when I get back, it'll be even worse. So I'm not sure on the connected side. I think we people are paying a price, and I think people will continue to pay that price. If they want to be in a leadership position, they're going to pay that type of have-to-be-connected thing. I think one thing companies are doing, we try to do, and other companies are trying to do is is that really, really, really encourage people to take their vacation. You know, Don't think of people are here off the here all the time. People need that time to decompress. And they, when they're on vacation, we really got to find ways to get them to, to disconnect and stuff. But I think the price you pay, I think there's still, I think it takes a lot of hours. I think to be an, uh, a leader in a big organization, there's a big time commitment. So... Are in a way we are sending a message that uh, if if someone as as the title says of this uh, show is leadership for you, that this one consideration one should have that going in, you know what you're getting into. So so there is no way out is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't I don't know if there's no way out. I don't know about that, but I I. I would struggle to envision anyone I know in my industry, the CIOs I know. Anyone who wouldn't say, no, I'm engaged, I'm connected all the time, and I have to be connected all the time. I mean, you know, all the industries have crisis, state government, we, you know, it could be a problem in a health and human services or corrections or, you know, the police department. I mean, there's just so many different things that, that could happen. You have to be available. So, you know, I don't necessarily say if I look at someone and they are a leader, are they always available? But I think, you know, as you move up the ladder, I think that's part of the equation. Now, do you think there's a point when a leader who may have otherwise had a great uh, ride, good successes delivered, great leaders developed by that individual, is there a time when they they should say, okay, now it's this time to step down because I'm not able to work at my top, uh, the best mindset and the top capability and and instead make way for others because I see sometimes people drag themselves way too long. Well, I think that's there's a lot of truth to that, and I, you know, I think about that as you, as a state CIO, the average tenure is a little under two years because governors change and people move on and all that kind of stuff. And you know, my myself, I think that's too short because it's hard to how do you have a strategy? How do you have a plan that might take X number of years and you know, have that limited time to execute it? But I do think there is a time where people need to step aside. Or, you know, step aside sounds so pejorative, and maybe that's not the right word. Maybe it's you know, nurturing and building that next level of leaders. And, and maybe that's it more than the step aside, because eventually as you build and you nurture and you find, you, know, you find those hidden gems in the organization and you find people that are really ready to step up and move you to the next level, I think there's a lot to be said for that. And, you know, as a you know, step aside or whatever you, we call it, even just the technology changing. I mean, we put a, you know, we've re- revamped our intern program here in the last couple of years. We had great success with it. And I've built it in other, pro- other organizations I've been in, and what I thought would happen is just what happened. Young people come in, and they have different ideas. They have a different level of energy, plus they have a different use and understanding of technology. And you can see it changing the thinking and the culture as people come in and say, well, wait a minute, why are you doing that? Nobody's doing that anymore. Well, we're doing this. Why aren't we doing this? I think you have to, again, you know, it's not necessarily push somebody on the iceberg type of, you know, get someone out of the way, but I think you have to be open to that. You have to seed your organization with some some different ways of thinking. 
And I think you have to nurture that and help those people uh, in their careers. And I think that's part of the part of the fun. I think that's one of the really great things we get to do is help people with their careers, find those stars, and say, you know what, this is going to be the next leader. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Jim, uh, for sharing your thoughts and insights on how people can discover their leadership potential, perhaps work on certain areas where they need to, and essentially identify in, in all clarity whether they should go in this track. And if they do go in that, uh, on, the, on the leadership track, what do they need to do to excel? So thank you so much again, Jim. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. It's always an interesting conversation. Thank you. Thanks again. And listeners, please like us on Facebook. Search for CTN, uh, that's CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn community. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>